Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. Today I have with me my friend James Jim Lee, and we just have a conversation. We talk a little bit about Jim's life, some of the things that I didn't really know about, and we just yeah have a good time um, with all the stuff happening in our community around us. Um, it's all been really difficult things, um, so I just wanted to have a a very casual conversation today, and I think that's what we got. So. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this. Hey, Jim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being one of my first guests uh, in the studio. We usually do this through Zoom, uh-huh. but you're here in real life. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks no for problem. coming. No problem at all. <laughs> How are you? Uh, honestly, a little tired. Yeah. Very tired, very tired today. Uh, well, yeah, this was a a burden. <laughs> I'm here. Well, you know what? Um, I don't really have anything planned for a while. I honestly it sounds great. Honestly, like you know, all the things happening recently, um, it's just really like heavy stuff, right? Yes. Um, I actually wanted to do something kind of lighthearted. Um, just have a conversation because great. Yeah, because yeah, we talk about we talk about just stuff all the time we have a great conversation why not capture it for for a podcast right uh isn't it usually serious do we have lighthearted conversations <laughs> oh you're right it's, it's usually serious almost I'm always serious i'm not ready for anything serious well today. what do we usually talk about shootings Shooting. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah that was the last conversation yeah we had. yeah yeah you want to talk about that? No, no, not at all. Okay. Shootings are bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's all bad. You know what, though? It was, like, really close to where you live. Yes. It was, like, five minutes away from my house. Did that... Is your community, like, the, your neighborhood, uh, any... I don't feel anything, but I'm not really going out into Ackworth. So, I live in Ackworth. Mm. I don't really spend a lot of time there other than at my house. Mm. Dang. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's 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 talk about something lighthearted. Uh-huh. Um, just to kind of... Give the viewers or the listeners something a little more uh, jovial, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's talk about your life. How about that? You know, there's, I so Jim and I are, are pretty close friends. Um, we talk almost every night via gaming or, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of your past that I only have gotten snippets of that I I'm curious about. So I wanted to <laughs> ask you. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> So like you know like uh-huh. I, I know you're a marine. You were. A marine. I was sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Like, and just like how how that happened. Like it's it's so weird to me that you were a marine. Hey, by the way, you know you can take the massage thing off if you want. Oh, that's okay. I don't care. It's okay. fine. Um. Yeah. So can you just kind of walk us through how you became a marine and like that? Oh whole my experience? gosh. I'm not sure. You know, there's a theme in my life. A lot of things I just fell into. Yeah. So uh, I was in school at the time. Uh, I needed more money for school, and I, I was tired of school at the same time as well. And then I just walked into a recruiter office, and it all happened really quickly. Like, it was a blur. Uh, the, the, the recruiter was like, hey, you want to be the best? I was like, yeah. You want to get some girls? Yeah. Uh, he bought me a buffet lunch, and that was it. That's all he did for Wait, me. Literally, it was the you wanted to be the best and you wanted to meet girls that was it i mean so marines have the, those commercials because you think oh you know marines are this way and i ha- also had that uh misconception false perception and you know he's like you can do it and i was like okay sure i'll, I'll try it and i did it uh, i was seriously within three weeks i was uh, on the bus and i left 
Wow. Yeah. Wait, wait. So three weeks from having that conversation with the recruiter. Yeah, it was so fast, so fast. Where, where, where did you meet this recruiter? In Kennesaw. There's a Ken- There's recruiters uh, recruiting stations all over the city. Mm-hmm. And I just walked in just trying to get some information. And I was actually trying to join the army. And I was walking out and the Marines were like, hey, come in. I was like, nah, no, 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 no. He was like, just come in, come in, come in. So they, uh, their sales tactics are very good. Very, very good. So wait, give us a timeline. Was this after you graduated high school? I don't remember. Or... So uh, I enlisted in 2011 into the Marine Corps Reserves. Uh-huh. Six-year contract. So I was... So I... Uh, yeah, I was in school and yeah, it's so long ago, but yeah, uh, so there's the Marine Corps or all of them, they have minimum uh, physical fitness standards mm-hmm. and then they maybe do like the initial test and they're like, oh, you can go today if you want it. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said it was going to take like three months. Nah, nah, it's okay. <laughs> and then, um, uh, I just took whatever job they wanted to give me and I went and then, yeah, it, it took like maybe less than three weeks. It was really, really fast. Everything happened really quickly. Wait, so 2011, you, you, you've been, that means you were graduated from high school at least like three years, right? Mm-hmm. And so were you at tech at the time or? So I you were at, at that point, I was at tech for the, uh, yeah, that, that season of my life, I was at tech and I was really frustrated and tired and I thought the Marine Corps would be a nice break. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what Georgia Tech does to you guys. It, uh, it makes you think that joining uh, the armed forces is a better uh, way. <laughs> like if I die... It's not so bad. <laughs> Some, you know, there were times when I thought, you know, if I go to jail, at least I'd get a break. Like I could, you know, build my body up, read some books. I've been, uh, yeah, anyway. Wow. That's what tech was like for me, at least. Wow. So you, did you like withdraw from school at this point? And then you were looking at... You just, temp- it's like a temporary suspension. You just tell them, hey, I'm going to the military. And anything in your life, they have to suspend it. Like your work, they have to let you come back after training or whatever. Mm school too any any obligation uh it's uh, it's superseded by it wow wow so how was that experience so because uh, so from talking to this recruiter mm-hmm. to the you point- know it's funny my recruiter was an asian guy so i trusted him but by, <laughs> by the time i came back from training which was like a few months uh-huh. he was out of the marine corps <laughs> <laughs> wow. yep yep got do they, me do, they, do you think they have like a race quota no they do every recruiting station they have to send out like a couple of months and you know what's real? Okay, so part no, of no, the, I'm talking about like a raise quota. Yeah. No, 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 no. Because I wonder if this Asian guy was like, I just need to find an Asian guy. No, to heck no, no, me. heck no, no way. Oh, okay. Like in, the Marine Corps, especially, and I'm sure all armed forces, uh-huh. it's it skews very like minority, huh. like black people, Mexican people, a lot of them. Very few Asians though, but hmm. you know, I mean, there are white people there too, but definitely like a lot of brown brothers. Hmm. Oh, so okay, so you sign up, you put this temporary suspension on at school mm-hmm. and you go how was that experience because scary weeks is not a lot of time to mentally prepare for that right uh i thought it'd be chill <laughs> <laughs> i so if you actually go on youtube and you type in marine corps boot camp you see literally everything they do mm-hmm. so uh i didn't know uh, i got on the bus and i was like taking a nap i was like really comfortable a little bit excited mm-hmm. and then when we get there as soon as the car doors open like the so we were in a van we call it a bus because you know they bust you out or whatever mm-hmm. so we we're in a big van uh, like uh, a dozen of us and as soon as the van doors opened yelling started <laughs> like get out get out get out get out get on those footprints get on those footprints five four three two like everything's uh, you they count down everything and the yelling started as as soon as my eyes were open from the nap, 
And then the yelling didn't stop until 13 weeks later. <laughs> okay. They yell at you from 4 a.m. till 8 p.m. Uh-huh. And you go to sleep. That's that's it. That's it's all, it's yelling all the time. Like the environment is so stressful, and they do that on purpose. But yeah, it's crazy. So is it like break you down to build you a new type of? Type? That's what they say. <laughs> that's what I was told. It's to brainwash you too. Mm. They want you to instantly obey them. Cause say you're uh, in a situation that there's not a lot of room for discussion. You know. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you get an order from somebody superior from you, you just gotta fly. Uh-huh. And by the like halfway through, I mean, but at the end of it, especially, we weren't even thinking about it. As soon as we got an order, we we're flying. Can you stop snapping? No, I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how the mic is picking it. <laughs> Sorry, I snap a lot when I talk. But yeah, that's yeah, that's how it was. Wow. So you know, just to put uh, this actually uh, makes me helps me understand your personality a little bit because huh? like <laughs> no, like we were talking about, we play a lot of video games. Uh-huh. And oh, that's a joke. <laughs> Those are jokes, David. Jim. Yeah, Jim. He always oh assumes God. the uh, commander role. That's right? not IGL, in-game I- leader. In-game leader, right? So he, we need an IGL. <laughs> and he's heck? always yelling, "Hey, go here!" I'm like, "Why would? Oh. Why would I do that? This doesn't seem smart. Let's discuss this before that's we go silly. to action." That's silly. Yeah, in a in a gunfight, you don't have discussions. <laughs> you just go. And you know, I have the game sense. <laughs> I trust my game sense the most. You die often, though. Yeah, because you're not following me. If we were all following me, I would live longer. (laughs) Okay, okay. Instead of just camping in a corner. Do do you think, though, do you think that um, that tactic worked? Like, does it make you more obedient to what what they tell you to do? I, if somebody who was, so I still have it a little bit. Like, so my six-year contract, Mm -hmm. the beginning, uh, especially, like, as soon as, somebody said something i just do it without even thinking but you know eventually i became more of a a human Mm -hmm. and um towards the end but still if somebody like who ranked who was like a a e5 or above right i would still consider them and like especially if they're uh so enlisted it's e1 to e9 Uh e7 8 and 9 i would definitely respect that person just Mm. i don't know it's like ingrained in my brain to do that so even outside of the Marines? Like I mean, now? I wanted to take his orders. Like, I don't have to. But I would still, you know, like, give them respect and, mm. and stuff like that. But, yeah. So a- after the 13 weeks of... That was boot camp, right? What did you do after that? Did you do anything? So it's 13 weeks of boot camp. And that's, like, basic uh, basic training. And then you go off into... So there's two... two uh, you split off into two directions. One, mm-hmm. if you're infantry, you go straight into infantry school. Um, that's like a long time but if you're every other mos military occupational specialty Mm -hmm. you go to like a month of uh, combat training and then you go off to your individual schools which can be like a few months few weeks to like a long time Mm -hmm. so what did you do mortuary affairs so So is is that mos yeah that's uh that was my mos Mm -hmm. the job it's to recover people who die in war Mm -hmm. that was our unit's job Did you have any input into being assigned that? Uh, I just, uh, you know, I just took it. <laughs> like, here, this is available. I was like, okay, let's just go and do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I mean, because, you know, a lot of people, um, oh, at least from the commercials I see, mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of, like, you can specialize in your line of work. Like, whatever you want to do, uh-huh. you can do in the army and sure. gain the skills. So, like, were you thinking? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was really fast, David Chen. It was really fast. And I and he bought me lunch. So I just went. Oh, wait. So you got assigned that during your recruitment 
Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that happens. Oh, you sign wow. a contract before you go to the whatever. So like, it's training. not like you get to decide what you want to do nope. during boot camp? No, no, not at all. By the time you hit boot camp, everything's already decided. You sign your contract and you just have to fulfill your contract from then on. What were the other options? that? No, there was a lot. But also, so uh, the thing about the reserves, of course, I have to stay locally. There's there's not a lot of Marine Corps you know places, mm-hmm. and the jobs are fairly limited. But you could have done something like I'm sure human resources, something very practical. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so okay then, uh-huh. do you do you feel like you gained any skills no. to be? Well, maybe going to an or- mortuary, right? Doing like uh, funeral stuff. No, I guess you could. I know some people who did eventually do that stuff. Uh-huh. But. Um, I gain nothing from the job part like that's translatable to you know anything that I'm trying to do in life right now but I, I learned a lot about organization and structure and and um, chain of command is another big thing so mm. I, I got a lot of practical still skills but n- nothing yeah job related oh. do, do you regret going to the Marines? Yes. Or- <laughs> <laughs> they I, I think they got more out of me than I got out of them. I got some money for for, uh, for school, uh-huh. but it wasn't worth my soul. I definitely don't think. Yeah, it's it was a lot. It was <laughs> it was just painful and very, like it's uh, reserves are supposed to be. You can go to work or go to school and like you know do it whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not. It's so challenging because they still expect you to be. It's only one weekend a month and like two weeks out of the year. Mm-hmm. That sounds like really little. It's not. Like it's it's super time consuming and you still have to like think about it. And it's like really, it adds a lot of stress to your life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I got a lot of good stuff out of it. Out of it, but overall, I think they got more than I I got from it hmm. for sure. So you know, I, and we recently um, we were talking, and you weren't you considering going into like was it National Guard? Yeah, or, for more school money. Yep. Yeah. Well, what happened with that? Your, so the job I wanted. So the, the second time around, I tried to do it much better and smarter. So there was a job I specifically wanted. Uh-huh. Uh, like spaces weren't available and then it just fell through. So I stopped. That's oh, all. like job you wanted as in like it could be practically applied to. Yes. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, plus like only, so I wanted to get, so it was up to 50,000 in loan forgiveness, mm-hmm. but that's the, the max amount is only given to like certain jobs, the crappier ones. And I didn't mm. want a crappy job either. So, and then um, they're like, because you have a college degree, you can go become an officer. But that's, that was way too much commitment. Oh. So I wasn't really feeling that. So you can be an officer in the reserves? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, like, so there's Army, there's Army Reserves, Marine, Marine Reserves, right? Do they have separate, like, different generals and stuff? Or The chain of command is different. Like, the very, very top, it's same, but mm-hmm. there are, like, branches that separate. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, like, the, the, the uh, highest person in charge of, like, the reserves, he's, like, a a general or something but then there's uh, the commandant of the marine corps who's the highest person and he's, he's over everything mm. but the highest person of the reserves like he does his own thing over here but mm. yeah it, it, it is it is separate but all still under one giant bubble or umbrella interesting interesting but so okay when you talk about are we gonna talk about this the whole time no no, no, no. I'm, just, <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just really curious really okay because right. you talk about having gained practical skills right mm-hmm. so but you don't think those practical skills are of benefit to you or I think they just weren't it, worth so, the cost? Okay, one, I think it's it's good on the resume. Like, oh, I did this. I think that's really good. Uh, the thing that I, what I gained from the Marine Corps the most, I feel like, was uh, ability to handle stress. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, I handle stress 
pretty well. Huh. Um, but actually, to the point of where I don't deal with it and I just kind of smush it all down in an un- <laughs> unhealthy way. Uh-huh. But I function, which is good uh, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, not to be healthy, but you function though. I function pretty well in a lot of circumstances. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So if if someone, because you're a pastor now, right? Mm-hmm. If someone in your congregation, mm-hmm. uh, high school senior, let's say, says, don't. <laughs> so your automatic response is going to be don't okay. Go. Okay. Okay. So for anybody who's thinking about the military as an option, first you need to get all the information you can. Uh, actually, some a kid from another church, he went into the Marine Corps right now. He's like pretty miserable, but he. Uh, he went in so if you there's a difference between full-time and part-time there are different benefits if mm-hmm. you go full-time for four years they'll pay for your school and give you some extra money mm-hmm. so that's a really great benefit uh, I think if you want to go to college and you don't have a lot of money definitely consider going to the because you you finish by 22 and then you're set like you won't have to worry about expenses throughout your college career which is really really good like a lot of people you know don't have it. I didn't have it figured out in my mid-20s mm-hmm. so I think that's really helpful uh and then also, if you want to do, if you're, if school is not for you, the military is also an option. One, well, okay, so the thing about military, I think you have to be comfortable with somebody being your boss, like, all the time. Like, I know we all have bosses, but it's different. Like, this boss can, has so much say in your life. Like, way more than a, a regular, like, you know, um, a normal world, what do you call it? Whatever, anyway, outside like the... Employer. What's that called? Not, not, um, if you're not civilian, on the civilian side, like... Uh-huh. Bosses are like, hey, just do your job, and you know sometimes they're jerks, sure, but no, like a like a, a mil- So in the military, everybody who ranks higher than you, they can give you orders, and you have to obey those orders. So you have to be someone who's willing to follow orders. Sometimes, for me, was really frustrating. My skill set wasn't really valued in the Marine Corps. They valued people who were like fast and loud, mm-hmm. right? That's not my style. Like I, if I, so I, I, uh, I hit E four. Um, uh, uh, so for in the Marine Corps E4 is a corporal and you do you're like a very low level supervisor mm-hmm. my style wasn't to yell at everybody like hey we gotta go clean the bathrooms I went in to clean the bathrooms with them No, nobody was yelling and my physical fitness scores were you know above average but they weren't like at the top mm-hmm. my person so my skill set wasn't valued there's a lot of people who I don't even know. Like, I don't know how they ranked up so quickly, but they just had no idea what they're doing. Uh, they lacked experience. They were very young. Just because they ran, like, really fast, I think they promoted them faster. Or because you suck up a lot, too. Mm. So I was I was always frustrated with many of the leaders. I mean, some of them were really good, of course, but I was frustrated, especially with the lower level of leaders that were appointed over me. And you have to be okay with that. So you have to be like okay with a lot of things be frustrated with uh like that your leadership a lot of the time and they have so the, the, so you're not you they also have say of when you can go home uh where you can go like if you're allowed off base all of that kind of stuff unless you get married if you're married then you can you have a little bit more uh, leeway but yeah. a lot of people like get married just for their extra freedom in the military <laughs> the friend actually the high school kid that he went he's like two years into the military he's like hey do you want to marry me i was like what <laughs> He was like, I don't want to live in the in the in the barracks anymore. I was like, bro, that's not that's not it. <laughs> but yeah, it's like that. Hey, that's actually that's interesting. Dude, does the military acknowledge oh, gay marriage? They do now. I think mm. uh, like the don't ask, don't tell stuff mm. was kind of you know they changed it up a while ago, many years ago. Mm. So they acknowledge, yeah, same sex partners and same sex marriages. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Um, are, what are, are we you talking gay? about? Is that is that a, is it appropriate to ask you if you're gay? like 
to uh, someone in the military? No, to you specifically. To me specifically? Yeah. I'm not. Okay, no, because <laughs> no, I just want to make sure it. because uh-huh. someone listening might get the wrong idea. Cause... Yeah? Oh, because that boy wanted to marry me? Yeah. I, well, no, he, he... So one, I would get some of the benefits of a military husband, but uh-huh. he also would get the benefits of not having to live on base. Uh-huh. It, was, uh, it, it wasn't out of love. Like it a fraudulent... It was fraud. It's yeah. fraud. But he was like, I know there are other people who do it. I was like, I don't care. That's not the way. But yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. To wow. go back all the way to your question, uh-huh. uh, what do I say to somebody who wants to be in the military? One, I think full time is good. A lot of benefits. Mm-hmm. But you have to just be. Oh, OK. So I said that already. Uh, the, the next part I wanted to say is 20 years. If you serve 20 years in the military, say you're 18, 20 years, 38, mm-hmm. you can retire and you get a like a pension every month, like thousand two thousand a month oh wow yeah so it's uh it's crazy if you make it to 20 it's hard to make it to 20 because you have to keep ranking up like if you stay at a low rank they'll kick you out but if you oh, keep really yeah, if you keep ranking up uh, and also the higher ranks are more competitive mm. uh, the lower ones it's just automatic you take some tests and you just wait but higher ranks you have to get chosen and selected based on like scores and um like your resume and stuff mm-hmm. but uh, you, they can also push you out at like 15 but anyway if you make it 20 years it, it's a really good retirement and you're like so wow, young, so, you can do whatever you want. So they can literally just say, "We don't want to give this guy pension and kick you out at 19. I mean, they'll basically. Well, they probably won't because, like, they're your peers, right? Your mm-hmm. peers and your leadership. They want to help you out. But yeah, people get pushed out all the time. They'll give you options, like, "Hey, you can try to keep going for four more years. Um, unlikely you'll hit this rank." Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll give you if you leave now which a lot of people want so at 17 they'll be like hey you want to leave now we'll give you this much pension and some people are like oh yeah i'd rather do that anyways mm. and then um yeah you get like health care afterwards too if you retire so it's it's a good way to to like once you hit 40 you get a couple thousand bucks a month and do whatever you want so i think that's really really good if if like college is not your thing so for you how many years did you serve six so can you go back and try to finish y- the 14 can you can but again like it's well at my age too it's well first going back i think well that's not true i don't think it's hard because people are still when i uh, got out the first time or not the first time in 2017 every like couple months somebody would call me hey you want to get back in and i was like no no i really (laughs) no i don't think so but um getting back in is probably kind of easy but you can but in the reserves at least of course it's not the same as a full-time pension Mm -hmm. but there's still benefits to it but i i don't think it yeah wow so you were done in 2017 yes we had met at that point right were you in the were you in the reserves when when we met maybe i don't know i don't remember probably interesting so you were so you were like every month going Mm -hmm. somewhere for the weekend yeah oh yeah and then two weeks out of the summer i was outside oh yeah they make you sleep in tents i hate that i hate it (laughs) Okay, then, so, um, what happened after? After, in 2017, after you were Bro, done? that's a long time ago. That was, like, four years ago. That's a long time. <laughs> Is it not? That's barely... What happened then? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm in seminary now. Wait, so, uh-huh. did you go back to tech in 2017? Or what I don't happened? remember. No, so, I was, I was wait, at tech in my young 20s. Mid-20s? Wait. I don't remember. Because, I mean, you can still go to school while you're in the reserves, right? Yeah. You so, can. Oh, I so, did. I was in school a uh, while I was training. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. It was just weekend and... But yeah. But, and then you decided to leave tech. So uh, I started off at Kennesaw, then I transferred to tech. Uh-huh. Uh, mostly, I think, looking back on it, like mostly because my parents wanted me to do it. Mm. And then I got there, and then eventually I ended up in the um, IE 
uh, major. Yep. And like, I was just really miserable, uh, miserable and tired, and my grades were bad. And also, like, my family situation, uh, I was working like at least 20 hours a week, maybe more. I mean, mm. for sure, more. So it wasn't. I definitely wasn't smart enough to handle all of that, and my time management was really poor, but my grades weren't very good, and I was, like, super miserable, and then, um, like, a few years, eventually, I decided to go to seminary anyway, and then, mm. for me, it was like, why am I wasting all this money trying to do this thing that I don't really want to do anyways? Mm. You know, yeah. that was part of it. A lot of it had to do with money, because every semester is, like, what, 10K at least, and then uh, I have 50, uh, no, right now, I have 60 altogether. I have 60K in loans already. Uh, yeah, so I was like in this big hole with money, and then um, so I, I I I left and I went back to Tech or not Tech Kennesaw, which was close to my house because I used to live in Kennesaw. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to finish as soon as possible, as fast as fast as possible, which I did. I uh, studied English, which was harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> I thought it'd be pretty chill, but that wasn't chill either. And then I um, remember you reading a lot. I a lot to, of so reading, right? I had to read by buying the audiobooks and uh, listening at two times speed. That's the only way I could read <laughs> all of it. It was hundreds of pages a a week. Uh, I just don't like reading like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I had to do that. A lot of writing. Like the most I've ever written was like three pages. The last paper I wrote was fifteen. Wait, so uh-huh. and you you became a pastor at, at some point, right? I don't like the title, but I was the main director. church yeah, leader. So our church is small. Uh-huh. Well, that's another story to how I fell in. I fell into that job as well. But yeah, I'm in charge of the English ministry at our church. Okay. How, how did you fall into that? <laughs> I think we're going to hit the hour just on these two stories. <laughs> yeah. But holy cow. Okay. Okay, wait, hold on. Before uh-huh. that, though, yeah, is, yeah, there, yeah. is there something else you want to talk about? About the military? No, no, just anything. Do, oh, no, no, not, not especially. Uh but just it's long. All of this is just so long. Just keep it short, then. I can't. <laughs> it's too long. Snip it. Snip it. Yeah. Uh, there was nobody there, and I was there, and they were like, "Do you want to do it?" I was like, "Not really." And I, they were like, "Okay, just do it." And they paid me, and that's it. <laughs> that's the snippet. <laughs> so when did that happen? That was that while you were in the reserves. So 2014, I feel like I met the Lord for the first time. Uh-huh. 2015, I was serving at Emmanuel Church. 2016 is when I came to the church I'm at right now. I see. So you were like a year away from being yeah, out of the from merge. getting out. Yeah. And then so I guess I was still in it. So you were wow. So you were juggling a lot of stuff, huh? Yeah, I still am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now you don't have to. At least you don't have to worry about the Marines. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And now, so you hated reading so much. For your English major, mm-hmm. but oh. now you're in seminary, yeah. which involves a lot of reading. Yeah, how is that going? It's hard. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Um, I always wanted to ask you this. Uh-huh. I think I did ask you, and you gave me kind of a short answer. Uh-huh. Um, but I've always been curious: mm-hmm. does seminary really, uh, does seminary really prepare you to become a good pastor, or is it more of a mm-hmm. checkbox like credentials? Thing? I think, I think it's what you make of it. At least, so I'm at Columbia Theological Seminary right now, and a lot of people are like, oh, it's too liberal and all these things. Mm. But my experiences so far, it's only been a year. This is my third, so it's my second full semester, but I've been here since the summer. So I've taken like uh, 12, like 15 credits or something, something like that, right? So um, it's three years too. So I'm uh, finishing my first year right now. It's three years total. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, some classes definitely are like, oh, here's some busy work and, you know, just read this and learn this and, you know, just what are like, like history classes, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. history classes are always like that. 
Um, but I'm Christian history is also really interesting. But like, uh, for example, the classes I get a lot out of Old Testament interpretation, I think most people in the church and me included, uh, we don't really, it's like Old Testament, you know, Adam and Eve and Moses and whatever. But if you really look at it and like study, um, not just the stories in the Old Testament, but like what kind of books there are back there. Like I'm learning so much about the time period, uh, uh, I think context is really important. I'm learning a lot of, uh, about the context of when the Bible was written and like mm-hmm. what all of this came out of. Mm-hmm. And the more I learn about the Old Testament and the history of the Bible, it makes me believe even more. So I think because I was always worried people are like, oh, what if like, you know, your faith is kind of shaky and you go to seminary and you stop believing. That was a concern of mine because mm-hmm. a lot of people said it. But the more I learn about the Bible, I I am constantly like reaffirmed the Bible is real and it's unique and special and somebody greater than a smart person wrote it. Mm. That's what I uh, keep learning about. And um, I also take like really practical classes, like one of my zero credit hours, which is silly. Like, why are you making me waste the hour a week at a zero? But the class was, uh, we give you this passage and each person has to read it like a scripture reading, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like you would do in a service. And then um, the three other people in your group would critique you. And that, I think that really helped me. Like it made me, it makes me think about like speaking and preaching and in a lot of different ways. Mm. I think it adds layers for me to think about. Um, What's another class I'm taking right now? Like, so I'm taking a preaching class right now. Uh, It's very practical. It's not like, oh, just pray and the Holy Spirit will guide you. I mean, there is, of course, the spiritual element of it, but it's also very practical. Like, uh, This is your message. This is how you should structure. These are all different. So what I like about Columbia, they're not just like, this is the right way. They'll give me different perspectives from different people, some like liberal, some conservative. And then you kind of have to decide like what you want to believe and like take on as your own, which I really like. Hmm. I like to see the bigger picture. And then I make it make sense to me, which I really, I'm really, really enjoying it, actually, seminary. Oh, except for the busy work. A lot of busy work because of pandemic. Yeah. But I feel like I'm learning a lot. Like, it's really practical. And it's definitely making me a better pastor, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. I guess. I hope so. We'll see. You you should ask the students, I guess. Yeah. You know what? I I will. No, no, don't. don't, don't. (laughs) All right. So what else do you want to talk about? What I, I want to talk? <laughs> yeah. is, isn't this your? <laughs> this is a free-flowing conversation. You know, I have a bunch of kind of hot takes I want to ask you, but I don't know if you'll if you're comfortable talking about we'll some see. of these things. So I mean, uh-huh. um, okay, because uh-huh. you stream sometimes. Yeah, um, I, I do stream on the Twitch. Yeah, on Twitch, you yeah. you play video games. On one of your first streams, mm-hmm. we talked about Ravi Zacharias. Oh, we're gonna talk about that stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. And he he recently passed, right? Uh-huh. So we were talking about how great he was, but a bunch of stuff came out about yeah how terrible he was, right? Yeah. yeah. How did that make you feel? Uh, first, I I liked so I learned a lot from Ravi Zacharias, um, but I didn't feel a certain way about him. I was like, oh, I really. Yeah, he wasn't like, oh, I, I admire this person. I have affections for this person. It wasn't like that. It was just some guy who said a lot of smart things and I learned a lot from. Mm. Like many layers of separation, right? Yeah. But uh, that 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 makes me sad because he can't defend himself. I think that really sucks. Mm. Um, I feel bad for all of the victims, which, uh, I mean, whether it's done or not, like something happened. Okay? Yeah. Like I think that, that really sucks for everybody who was impacted in that way. Because uh, to speak out, I think is really hard. Um, 
and especially i think our world is a little bit more cynical like oh what do these you know ladies want out of it like yeah, I, I think that conversation is really sleazy mm. I, I just really hate that i mean maybe it's true it could be true i just don't like it uh, in general but i mean with this though it's unique because wait do we need to give context of what he's being accused sure of? oh i guess i'm sure a lot of people don't know yeah um so basically uh there's a massage parlor that he part partly owned right something like that yeah he, yeah. he was invested in somehow um and a lot of like there were masseuses there that were pretty much pressured into doing just really like sexual stuff um i don't know if actual like i don't know how far it got but there was just really like just something that a pastor should never do right like um so yeah the, the, that was the accusation it, it apparently happened for years some mm. of the crazy things i heard is um the victims said he would say things like um you are my reward for all the work i am doing for god yikes yeah yikes um, and things like um you, you can't uh you can't tell on me because that'll affect like so many people's lives like all the positive i'm doing you're gonna negate you think he's like he was actually this really horrible person possible i mean it's yeah. that's what it looks like um mm. and and the thing that was unique about this situation is the ministry that he founded the ravi zacharias ministry they actually immediately started investigating it mm -hmm. and then they straight up said yeah it looks like the accusations are right mm -hmm. so there's really very little reason to doubt what the victims are saying mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. um so i don't know yeah it, was he just a crazy like monster or was there something that we don't know i don't know if that's relevant but for me like i really looked up to the guy yeah like um yeah. he was like the most prominent person in the apologetics like space mm -hmm. he he was i think the first evangelical to speak at the mormon church like he, he was like groundbreaking like he, and some mm -hmm. of the stuff some of his teachings influenced a lot of other leaders so it, he wasn't he was like a he was a very big figure in, mm -hmm. in the christian world right so yeah yeah i don't know there there were especially because what we talked about publicly about his death yeah like you don't there was nothing that kind of like struck you at all uh i can't i can't yeah so uh, again when i when i um at least the first stream i remember the first stream we yeah. were talking about it because he just passed away uh even like so he he has some some like not good stuff in his past not sexually weird stuff but uh, like the doctor title it's he didn't really go to school and earn it or something like that stuff like that so he it was weird like there's uh, a lot of weird stuff in his past uh -huh. but uh i mean i just i just really liked what he said and i understood it and i found it very rational and it you know it made sense to me and uh i i kind of added it to sort of my tools of understanding theology yeah but uh, yeah it's not like i really liked him or cared about him or anything like that so then let me tie this into a conversation we were having pre-recording okay because we talked about um does the the speaker of the message affect the message i think in his case it does it does so do you think it nullifies because of who he was as a person it nullifies so the things i don't said? like not in a way it cancels him mm -hmm. but it affects the way his message is received and heard now for sure like it the i think 
like he had such a big reach mm-hmm. but now that reach is way way more limited now because of his bad reputation yeah um but so then uh, let me ask you like at church yeah would would you think twice before showing a clip of something he said that you really liked in the past i actually just at our church i don't really show a lot of other people's messages mm-hmm. uh, i actually like this sounds i don't know how this is going to sound but i don't listen to a lot of other sermons because mm. i don't i don't really want to use it mm. you know i, I want to be inspired in my own way because uh, especially when i was um like a younger church person church leader uh, I used to listen to a lot of Louie and a lot of uh, Levi Lesko, a lot of like uh, Brian Houston. Yeah. And then a lot of like my ideas about God were being shaped by these people. And then I was regurgitating it to our church, which it's it was fine. Uh, like it, I'm still often shaped by the, the voices of our generation, but uh, I don't like to be overly influenced by that anyway. But mm-hmm. if like it just hasn't come up, would I would I uh, like think twice before showing Ravi's act? I would I would definitely show it. think think twice. Yeah. Unless it was something very specific. Yeah, see, I can see both sides of this, right? Mm-hmm. I can see a pastor saying, you know, regardless of what he did, it, like the, the wisdom that he speaks is applicable and is still true. Well, I can see mm-hmm. that side. Mm-hmm. But I can also see the side of, but how can you be like so insensitive to people? And because, yeah, like if, especially if you know and... If something similar happened to you, the trauma of that can definitely be brought back up while listening to this person. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's I don't know. Any thoughts on that? I I don't think we should take away from the good that he did do because I do think he did a lot of good in his life. Mm. Uh, but I also don't want to point fingers at him because I think if we were in similar like situations of status mm. uh, and like success, I think we could easily fall into temptation like he did. Yeah. Because I, I don't think, because like, it sounds like he did something big and bad, right? Yeah. I think he did something uh, big and bad. I don't think big and bad stuff comes out of, like, out of nowhere. It's because yeah. you have the opportunity, you let yourself be entertained by this temptation, mm-hmm. and it escalates. And, um, like, nobody stepped in to stop him or, or recognize the stuff in his life. And I think that's why it just went out of control. So I think we could all be like that. Uh, I don't want us to, I, or at least I don't want to be like, oh, look how crappy that person is. I think I could have been like that if I was in, you know, it's it's hard to say uh, in that way. Yeah. Because we often disassociate ourselves like that. But um, I mean, the Bible, what it actually says, we all fall short. And, you know, it's, he seems grosser than me, but the reality is we're all that gross, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's just, I, I understand that in terms of kind of the judgment upon him. Mm-hmm. I understand that, but... Mm-hmm. It just makes me think about like the impact that he had, right? Like mm-hmm. it really questions. I have to question like everything. Like, yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I guess I'm just not kind of processing it right now. But like I've so someone at my church like had um, Ravi Zacharias like visit them like. Mm-hmm. At their house why how no so it was like it wasn't good it wasn't a good situation like the the um one of the, the family members was ill and like he came to pray and stuff interesting okay but but like in that situation right like for them i'm sure that was a very special moment mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. a faith leader mm-hmm. coming in mm-hmm. and praying mm-hmm. for the family member like how great is that right but now that memory is tainted mm-hmm. right and like is it isn't it i don't know is well, I guess it's it's how close they were. But actually, uh, funny thing, when I was really little, 
there was um like there was something wrong with my legs for a little while. I don't mm-hmm. know when or why. It, it, it's before I could even remember. Mm-hmm. But the senior pastor of Emmanuel, mm-hmm. he came and prayed for me. His wife, who uh, she passed away before I could remember her. Like mm-hmm. so, I knew her when I was a little kid, but she passed away, like uh, really early. They prayed for me, and eventually, like I started to walk again. I don't know. I guess it's a miracle. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But that, like, that's funny because I don't remember any of that stuff. Yeah. But then later, um, our senior pastor, the from Emmanuel, he went through a lot of controversy. Like he made some mistakes. Uh-huh. And does that taint that like memory? No, not really. Like I, I'm really thankful for them at that time. Hmm. Did he make mistakes later in life? Sure. Um, do I have a not so great impression of him now? Yes. But that memory, for, you know, that's that's still something really precious to me. Mm. And, well, but yeah. what if he was making those mistakes during that time that he came to visit well, th- you? It wasn't he wasn't a sexual monster, so it's not. Yeah, but you know what I mean, like with Ravi and, and yeah. the family that I'm talking about, like yeah. he could have been perpetrating these crazy things. I I personally think it's uh, that kind of stuff is extra bad, so mm. I can't imagine that. Mm. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I mean I'm I'm sure it does in some way. But like also I think uh, so. Uh, I assume Ravi Zacharias was a close family friend, right? I think the person you know versus the person that they say he actually is, it's it's like hard to believe. Mm. Uh, you can't believe that he can do those things, and it's too surreal. I don't think you can like put those things, put those two people in like one space mm-hmm. in your head. And uh, I think they're just gonna remember. Oh, Ravi Zacharias was a good close family friend. He did all these things for us. And that other side of him, they won't even recognize. Like it's a he's a complete stranger. Mm. I think that's how I would process it. So like for me, right? If someone who like let's say you right mm-hmm. let's say right now you're doing like crazy horrendous things mm-hmm. right and later like 10 years down the line mm-hmm. you like all of this comes out and i realize and find out about it like it would definitely taint all the good memories i had with you right maybe i mean that's i think like yeah. i can't believe he came to my house and played with my daughter while he was off doing these like crazy like serial killer things. let's uh, yeah like if maybe, I was a serial sure killer. yeah yeah hey i didn't kill you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't know this is just something it's, that, yeah it's yeah it's difficult it's yeah something to think about but um yeah I, I that's status and like what position you have um like what influence you have mm-hmm. is i think so important you know there's a part of me that um is like there's a part of me honestly that wants this podcast to get really big right? sure everyone does um, and like i want to have like influence not uh-huh. to like be sleazy about it uh, but i want to uh-huh. but right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> for, right now, now. for now yeah uh, yeah. um but there is also a part of me that I'm, I'm really glad that my podcast is like you know pretty local because that's that's a lot of pressure you know, like every mistake is going to be scrutinized. And I guess Ravi Zacharias's situation is a little different because it's like horrendous. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, you can I'm sure he could have done something small, like made a small mistake and still gotten a lot of scrutiny um, mm-hmm. for those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that um, it's see, like, again, we're often it's it's really easy to point fingers and be like, oh, look at. Like that pressure to be that kind of leader is really hard because he yeah. feels it all the time. Like you always have to be. So I'm not a big deal, but like as a as a like a church leader, um, I'm expected, or at least I expect myself to set the example, set the tone of uh, of all the interactions I have. Like well, so, we're part of a Discord community, and there's 
like a hundred over a hundred people in there, and a lot of them are our church members. A lot of them are just members from other churches and members just strangers from the community. Some people are from out of state, which is really confusing to me. Oh, just for context, Discord is a gaming messaging yeah. voice it's like, chat. It's app. like Slack for gamers. Yeah, but um, like for every. Uh, outside of just a handful of people i'm always filtering myself always trying to be like jesus yeah yeah <laughs> always trying to set like a good example <laughs> trying to be a good person which i mean I, I feel like i'm a good person i try to be a good person anyway but there is that extra layer of always that tension and stress of never being fully just relaxed and comfortable yeah like i i whenever i talk sometimes like even the weirdest stuff that I say to you, yeah. that stuff is still filtered. Like, there's still many... Oh, really? Many, many... <laughs> wait. I mean, a little bit more. This is a little bit more. That's filtered? I mean, I could That's... go further. I could easily go further. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But, yeah. like... I mean, I do like to... <laughs> anyway, get as close to the line as possible. But... No, you you definitely dance. Do I cross lines? I don't think I cross lines. No, so, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you. I, I feel like you get your foot on the other side sometimes, but you don't. You know, your whole body doesn't go across. I'm not the horrendous. Line. It's yeah, not yeah. Horrendous. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of it is in. They're jest. just jokes, okay? Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean jokes are serious too. But yeah, seriously, like I, I feel this physical tension, emotional, mental stress of always having to be, like a pastor. Yeah, yeah. I, so. For Ravi Zacharias, exponentially worse, right? I'm sure. Oh, you're, you know, you're Ravi Zacharias. Yeah. Like, you're this huge faith leader. But, I mean, turns out he's just a regular guy. And uh, I wouldn't say regular. Uh, Slightly well, on the monster side. You know, mo- like, was his brain broken? Or is he, did he just fall into something that we all potentially could fall into? I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. There's, yeah, that's hard. Obviously, I I can say now in my position that I would never do something like that. Yeah. But I guess I won't know unless until I have his status, his yeah, stature, yeah. you know, his influence. Yeah, something about like the bright light. Like yeah. it does stuff to you for sure. Yeah. Dang. But anyway. Yeah, but what's this got to do with me? Sorry. <laughs> 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 no, just because no, I'm tying it back to your stream. So. You're, you're a pastor who also streams <laughs> video games. We talked 30 minutes about Ravi Zacharias. Now you want to talk about my stream? Yeah. That's, All right. That's good. What so, kind of podcast is this? Um, so tell us about your stream. What, what is it? What are you trying to do there? Pop off. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I'm trying to pop off and make money. Yeah. No, but I mean, that's, that's like a joke because uh, that's super unrealistic. But I just... So what is streaming? I uh, have a video camera or webcam pointed at me. It's like a little box on the screen. And then uh, they just watch me play games. But uh, one, I just like having those videos because I like to go back and watch them. And uh, for me, gaming is so... Like a lot of people, especially Asian Americans, they'll look at gaming and be like, oh, why are you playing games so much? It's such a waste of time. Like you get no nothing good out of it. It's just like this dark hole of junk. Mm -hmm. Like gaming, yes, there are toxic people there. Uh, yes, I guess you could be more productive in some ways, but I think like gaming is a really, really, really imp- not important, but like sign- like it's a good thing. I think gaming is really, really good. Why? There's a lot of practical reasons. One, um, you're you're like training your fine fine motor skills, which you know why it's not a bad thing, yeah. right? It's not it's not a, necess- a necessity, but uh, I think more than that, you interacting with people, it's so invaluable. Yeah. Like, especially during the pandemic, if it wasn't for our Discord server or gaming, I think a lot of us would be so lonely and, like, so isolated. 
but we play games every night. Uh, this is the only way. I, I, so even at church, we're still not meeting in person because uh, a lot of them are young and their parents have to bring them and their parents don't want to bring them. Yeah. So this is the only interaction I get like week, day in, day out, like week to week. And um, I'm interacting with people uh, like so much more than ever before, I feel like. Mm. And, and like a, a lot of people, too, so when you're gaming too, like uh, for uh, example, a game like Valorant, it's a team game. It's 5v5 and there's objectives you're trying to execute together. It takes a lot of teamwork, which is a valuable skill. A lot of communication. Communicating well, it's, n- it's another thing that I think you learn through gaming. So there's so many like great things that come out of it. And like like anything, it should be done in moderation. Like yeah. you shouldn't be sacrificing your school. But if my kid, if he finishes his schoolwork, and like he just plays games the rest of the night, like go ahead, hang out with your friends. Uh, maybe you get really good and become like Shroud, who's a famous uh, gamer. I don't know. I, like I think if you're passionate about it, go do it. And I think gaming is something. If you're passionate about, a lot of great things can come from it. Mm-hmm. And I hate I hate people are like, oh, why are you wasting your time? Like go do some, go read a book. Like, do you read? You don't game. Are you reading? What are you doing with your life? Yeah, watching Netflix, YouTube, TikTok. Yeah, get out of here. Don't, aren't you really into TikTok these days? Actually, I was on TikTok like two hours last night, right before bed. <laughs> I couldn't stop watching it, just one after another. Uh, yeah. No, but I think you bring up a good point. Um, mm. There are people, for some reason, who vilify gaming yeah. more so than like like watching videos. Mm-hmm. But I think you can equally waste as much time. Oh yeah, but on like I think you're right on gaming like with through Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've maintained a lot of relationships mm-hmm. uh, through gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a friend who lives in Virginia. Yeah, um, and another friend who's like kind of toward where you live. Um, so it's hard mm-hmm. for us to like really meet up. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we game like very often, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's mm. it's strengthening. It's yeah, I would even say it's made our relationship better pre. Even from like pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh, so without, before Discord, I wasn't calling up my friends two, three times a week, like to just talk. Yeah. I've never done that. But now I'm gaming with my friends, uh, spending time with my friends, uh, talking about all these different things. My gosh, it, like for me, so much good comes out of it. And I really want to grow the community more. But again, so one of the missions of our Discord community too, it's to be a, be like a, a bright light in a really dark place because gaming is really dark too there's a lot of really like gross and toxic people online which um like seriously every time you play if you play by yourself too you're gonna run into a lot of these people yeah. and it's a it's a really on on a lot of the pros too they're really toxic which i really hate because they should be setting a better example but yeah it can be bad so i, I really like that we're trying to create a safer space for even young kids especially like yeah. middle schoolers but a lot of the college kids, um, they, they just show up and play games. And I mean, I'd rather them do that than go out underage drinking or something stupid like that. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of worse ways to spend your... And going back to just... I know students are like, I've been watching YouTube for like three hours. Why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's... Get off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely yeah. a lot of other worse ways to spend your time. Yeah. Where can we find you? Where can we find your stream? stream oh twitch.tv slash apologetics with a k so i don't really stream that often but uh uh, yeah just stop by and say hi but also like if you're someone we know and trust uh, definitely come to our discord because a lot of conversations happen there a lot of really good ones yeah i feel like we've had some of our best conversations on discord yeah 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 Yeah, the ones where i genuinely worry if you're kidding or not 
you know they're jokes is it a joke they're or all is jokes <laughs> david chin <laughs> joke <laughs> yeah no but it's it's fun i think uh yeah i'm i'm really grateful for the community you built um because uh, i don't like that i got, we had a lot of help i didn't okay. do anything alone. Then you're right you didn't build yeah, it yeah. it's been built in your proximity it was organically I, i'm just there <laughs> yeah, yeah everywhere yeah. i am it just good stuff happens i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> yeah jacob like jacob there any any last topics you want to talk about topics anything you want to talk about tell us more about your life like what so we covered really from um like middle of college Uh till pretty much now right we talked about the marines we talked about Uh georgia tech transitioning to Uh kennesaw Uh seminary all that Uh anything else new in your life new yeah Nothing really. Well, let's, let's, let me ask you this. Anything no. new since the last time you've been on this podcast? <laughs> what are you asking me? I don't know. <laughs> Anything happened between? Huh? The last time I was on, the last, it was like a year ago. Yeah. Lots happened in a year. Huh. Lots happened. Lots happened. Anything you want to talk about? You know, I, I have never been happier in my life <laughs> than today. <laughs> what are you asking okay. me? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, that's good. No, you know what? Okay, all right. <laughs> Can't talk about that. <laughs> well, just let's just throw this out there. Um, how single life? How single life? Yeah, it's good and bad. Yeah, I. Um, is it a sore topic? We don't have to get too deep. Into I don't it. even know how to answer that question. It, my singleness is really something I don't really think about. Oh. Like the other day, actually, um, one of the pastors from Synod, mm-hmm. he we're in an email 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 chain, and mm-hmm. we haven't talked in a year. He's like. Are you gonna get engaged soon? Uh-huh. I haven't replied. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta break the news to him too. I guess. Hey, uh, no, I'm not. Cl- I'm further away than before. But <laughs> so, um, uh-huh. <laughs> anyone watching, anyone listening, um, if you uh-huh. wanna, what kind of podcast is this? No, it's not. It's not like that. No, honestly, like I am gonna keep enjoy being single because there's a lot of things I need to learn. I think. Mm. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give away my age, but I'm old. Yeah. I'm an old guy now, yeah. but I'm still growing as a person learning. Wait, uh, why don't you want to give away your age? Is that bad? It's not bad, but it just sounds like a lot. Can I, can I give it away? You snitch. <laughs> That's just, I'm 32. I'm 32 now, but I mean, I definitely don't feel like it. I still feel like I'm still very young in a lot of ways. Um, I'm trying to, I'm still growing and yeah. learning how to be like a healthy adult yeah yeah so i think i need to work on myself a while before i even think about anything else and plus like school too uh, i i want to do that well you're juggling a lot juggling way too many things yeah yeah but i don't know you know like part of it too i think it's good because uh well i was thinking about this like bivocational ministry right that's yeah. something I, I don't really want to do like some people do it because they have to because they have wife and kids and stuff and i understand and some people like they're that's their call from god so like, just context bivocational ministry is when you're employed by the yeah. church and also have a separate employee separate job right yeah so, so you you um you are the pastor of a church but you have like a full-time job during the week like i get it that's a that some people need to do it and mm-hmm. some people are called to do that mm-hmm. i i at least the the heart i have it's to Let's talk about church. I think we don't, we haven't really talked about church, and that's yeah. such a big part of my life. Yeah. But how so, long has it been? Uh, is it too late? Fifty four minutes, but it's fine. Okay. So, uh, for me personally, some of my beliefs about church, 
uh, I want to give like as much to the church as possible. Mm. And like, I, I think I'm a pretty smart guy. I think I'm pretty capable. If I got a regular job, I think I'd be really, really successful at it. But like, what if I gave as much as I could, all of that attention I would be giving to a job to the church and especially the Korean church and Atlanta specifically. I, I mean, all over the place, churches all over the place need a lot of help. Because I, 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 even like really big churches, I feel like we're not reaching non-Christians very well. Mm. I mean, that's just me like way, way separated and looking from the outside. Yeah. But at least uh, from my context, like it's so hard to reach non-Christians. And like, uh, I don't know. I think something is really, at least for my life personally, if I give as much as I can to the church, I think something really, really special will happen to it. Mm. Uh, or, yeah. and, and you do, I think, I'm sure a lot of pastors do this, but... I do see you going out of your way a lot. Like at one point, one of your students had to oh, yeah. get her tire changed. So you drove way out of your way to go help her do that. Yeah. Um, and that's all kind of part of your ministry, right? So I, I mean, I don't know what other churches are like. I've only been to two churches. One, I wasn't a Christian for most of it. And it was like a hangout place I really enjoyed. Mm. But the church I'm at now, uh, I do feel like it's not like pastor and student, which uh, that's part of our di- dynamic at the church. But I really want to create a place where it feels like these are my siblings. And mm. I always I, I use that language very specifically. Like I don't expect them to call me pastor. They just call me James. Right. James, you know, very casual, very, uh, very comfortable. Yeah. And like, what would I not do for I, actually I would do a lot less for my actual siblings <laughs> than, than my church members. <laughs> but. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, so this uh, one of our students, not sisters, one of my sisters Mm -hmm. uh, had a flat tire. uh, And then I just went to go help her change it. And it was really, some people might look at that, be like, you you were like, I can't believe you did that. It was super normal. Mm -hmm. And it's because, yeah, you know, like, yeah. So another thing, too, about small churches, I'm at a really small church. And I've had a a handful of offers to go somewhere else. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I, I assume that someday this church won't be able to help sustain me financially. Like, I want to be here as long as possible, take as little money as possible. Um, like, my brother pays most of my bills anyway. So I live, live in my brother's house, and he pays a lot of the bills. So as long as I can sustain this lifestyle, I want to be at this small church for as long as possible. Because, uh, like, I think a lot of people leave for bigger context. And mm. then, like, there's so many small churches that have nobody. Yeah. Or bad people, even worse. Yeah. Right? And... Um, yeah, like it's hard for me to think about like what would happen to these students if I left. I know that's not uh, maybe healthy because like, God's gonna do His thing. Sure, I I get that, but I really like I yeah I think yeah it's 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 tough to think about what would happen to my little brothers and sisters if I wasn't there to like you know be on them and um, teach them and love them. Because a lot of them too, like their parents aren't loving them very well. Uh, they feel all this pressure from all over the place. They struggle with all these insecurities. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like the only positive thing that comes into their life is the church, mm-hmm. at least our church. So, um, yeah. And, and I, have a, I have a big heart for like small, small ministries. Because I'm sure there's a lot of them. Some one guy like helping like five other kids. And I think that's so valuable. But I don't think the church values that. At least we value things we put our money towards, right? Yeah. We pay pastors who have giant congregations. But, you know, the, the work at small churches is also extremely valuable. And right now, no one's reaching out to those places. Yeah, That's how I feel, at least. No, this is an interesting conversation because how, how would... Because I had a conversation with uh, Pastor David Park, mm-hmm. kind of similar stuff, right? Um, we have built church 
around this kind of capitalistic context mm-hmm. but how do we go back and be more focused on the things that actually matter because mm. you're, you're talking about how like being a past thanks for texting while on the podcast by the way for those of you listening <laughs> jim has completely disengaged i'm listening <laughs> to every word go ahead i can do two things at once david chin all right let's go what are you saying um <laughs> uh, but yeah like i, I don't know Maybe this might be too philosophical. This, I think this is just something I want to point out. Yeah. Maybe uh, listeners can think about it. Yeah. Yeah, like how how can we shift? Because I really can't see another way around it. Like we're, capitalism and like scaling like people and then, you know, just trying to get bigger budgets to do more things. Like I think that all comes from a good place, right? Like the more money yeah. you have, the more you feel like you can do. So, like, I don't think uh-huh. it's coming from a bad place. No, I think big churches do big things, which is good. Yeah, but h- how can we get to the, like, intimate relationship between leader and congregation and, like, really, like, investing into people's lives, really discipling people? Uh, I, I would I would ask, for us, at least at our church, we we give actually very little attention to Sunday service stuff. Mm. Like our services are 50 minutes. Mm. Uh, one, one, well, so it's also because of pandemic, but like usually bef- even before pandemic, it'd be like two songs, um, 20, 25 minutes of talk, mm-hmm. uh, some prayer, and then we leave. And then the rest of our Sunday is, is a lot of fellowship. Mm-hmm. Like, and then some churches are the opposite. It's like three hours on Sunday. And then, you know, like a small group once a month or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, what are you investing your time in? Cause uh, for me, like I, I think about, like not like it's not like teaching bible isn't important mm-hmm. but for me at our church i really want to raise like um first good leaders and also like just good people mm. like i want my students to grow up not being like misogynistic gross you know toxic middle schoolers or whatever because a lot of them are um i want to raise like good men and women who care about people who uh, genuinely love god and yeah it's like I don't know if this is a lot of Korean families, but parents just don't raise kids. I feel like not yeah. well, a lot of a lot of some of the older ones, right? Yeah. Like my at least when I think about my parents, my parents, I don't think they raised me. Yeah. I just kind of fell into the person I became <laughs> out of a lot of bad stuff happening, a lot of bad stuff, a lot of mistakes, uh-huh. going into the Marine Corps by accident. But <laughs> like seriously, I just kind of became the person. A lot of it was definitely God's intervention too. Yeah. But I think parents really like they just they think if you provide for them, that's enough. But are we really and and language barrier? Like I I have a I know one family who uh, the parents are very one point five two point mm-hmm. and their relationship with their kids it's like amazing. Mm-hmm. And I I do get language barrier as part of it, but it's also like our values. We just want to raise kids who make money versus raise good people. Yeah, passionate, good, passionate people. But you know, um, just to kind of play mm-hmm. devil's advocate, you do that a lot. I are do. you the devil? I- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I want to defend your parents, right? Because they're not here to speak no they can't no and all the parents who who might yeah be classified in the way that you've classified them you Mm -hmm. know like a lot of the time well you mentioned language barrier Mm -hmm. there's cultural barrier yeah yeah and there's also the fact is um some of them like i think that's the only way they know like that's the only thing they know how to do and well so my parents also too grew up grew up in a very difficult situation too right the the early 1900s yeah that was really bad not early and mid 1900s yeah I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like for them, yeah. it might be 
and this might be a true statement. It might be for them. The best thing we can do for our kid is give them a stable financial life, like mm -hmm. financially stable life. Mm -hmm. um, and then within that, there's a lot of shortcomings, right? You know, Another a lot thing about of emotional Asian, huh? Asian parents too. They they're more comfortable like smothering their emotions, mm -hmm. which I'm learning more and more. Emotions are valuable, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, I've been learning a lot about like dealing with emotions, uh -huh. caring about other because for me before just a few months ago, like emotions were secondary. Yeah. Like, let's just do the right thing. Be rational. But emotions are really valuable and you have to deal with them. And our parents just did never learn how to do that because of their culture and mm -hmm. you know history or whatever. But yeah, you I'm glad you're learning cycle. about that. I remember having uh -huh. several conversations with you. You were very. No, as long as it gets the job done, that's it's fine. Sometimes that's true yeah no, i guess i i am so that's it's a it's the lesson of my season two uh -huh. like dealing with emotions caring about other people's feelings even though they think differently i didn't that's awesome there's a I have, there's a lot of apologies i, have to, <laughs> I should be making uh, you got it Whoever, you, you you're gonna hear this <laughs> sorry sorry i am sorry i'm sorry i wasn't ready for a lot of things but anyways yeah yeah, yeah. like uh <laughs> But it's, it's been really good and helpful, and I'm growing as a person. That's awesome. I guess. No, I think that's a good message for anyone listening who who feels like emotions. Are, honestly, I was kind of similar to that. Yeah. I was very much like, you know, emotions are a by, like a byproduct of whatever like evolutionarily, mm -hmm. in whatever way it helped our ancestors. But now that we can think logically, it's no longer necessary. Like yeah. that's the way that I used to think. But I, I agree, emotions are very, very yeah. important. Yeah. yeah, and like you know, our parents at least my parents are much older. They're born in forties and fifties. Mm -hmm. So them especially, right? Those I think parents from that generation definitely don't value emotion like at all. Like yeah. my mom used to tell me, "Why are you crying? Did someone die? Why are you crying?" That's what my <laughs> mom used to yell at me when I was a little kid. Like, okay, all right. <laughs> you know, uh, there's a saying in Korea. They say that a man should only cr cry three times oh, in their yeah, life. Yeah. You know what it, what they are? Birth, death. No, not death. No, no. Birth. birth, death of parents. Death of parents. And when something big happens to your like country, something like hard happens to your country. Ew. They say those are the only three situations in which you should be crying. Yeah, that's like so sick. Yeah. Oh, so um, uh, break the cycle. Like we as future parents or parents, right? You have to break that cycle that your parents, um, whatever they did to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I learned this recently. So there was a study, right? Of um, I, I think I already told you, but there was a study of, of rats. They they would like do they would um, present the smell of almonds to mm -hmm. these rats. Mm -hmm. Then they would shock them. So they would make these rats afraid of the smell of almonds. Mm -hmm. So so even without the shock, just the smell would make them shiver. Yeah. Up to three generations later of their offspring, they would be afraid of almonds without any conditioning. Wow. So there, there could be a, there, I mean, like there's some proof, right? That there's a genetic component to your like emotional history. Yeah. So I think the stuff that your parents were like bad with and anxious about, um, that gets passed through your DNA, which you could eventually pass on to your kids too, if you don't adjust it. Yeah. I there's think. a term for that. Isn't there something, some, how like the memory I studied English. Huh? I studied English. <laughs> yeah. So there should be a term for it, right? That's an English word. Bro. <laughs> that's I, yeah, I should I should know all the words. That's how it works. No, so yeah, there is like a thing where um the collective memory of your ancestors, there's like traces of it in in your DNA. I believe it. Yeah. 
That makes sense to me. And, and we talk about like generational sin in, in, within the yeah. church. Yeah. And that, I think when I learned about that, that became much more real. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad we're having this conversation. Emotional health is very important. Oh my Mental gosh. Health. It's so important. Yeah. Uh, I've been learning that uh, you think you like. So the way I used to deal with emotions was to crush it and make it really small and then ignore it. <laughs> It apparently comes back. <laughs> like, yeah. apparently it's like matter. You can't destroy it. <laughs> you can just move it to the side for a while. Yeah. And I think that can have physical ramifications. Like, that yeah. crushed emotions can manifest uh, manifest itself yeah. in the form of like ulcers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like Absolutely. Your emotions affect you physically. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's never never too late to learn these things. It's, it's good that you're embracing it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we're we're past the hour mark. Um, is anything else? Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, no. Let's we can cut it for now. I'll come back next time. Yeah. No. This was this is really refreshing. Um, I mean, it's, I'm not trying to minimize anything that's happening to mm-hmm. like the Asian American community. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there is something uh, the head pastor at my church said is uh, we can't live in hate, and we can we also cannot live in fear, mm-hmm. right? Um hate as in we don't want to blame people and say like grow that hatred toward a a people group i don't know you you, do you disagree you can disagree um but you you don't want you don't want to harbor hate right Uh that's generally a bad thing yes um and you also don't want to live in excessive fear either Mm -hmm. you want to you want to be able to live your life so i don't know this is this is kind of my first attempt at that um you know bringing you into to my house to do this in person yeah um, having a free-flowing you know just kind of open-ended normal conversation um helps me personally kind of get back to the normalcy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so i'm hoping other people can can do that too oh for people in georgia just just a psa me and my wife my wife who is pregnant uh, we both got our first vaccine shots um and i mean she talked to her ob apparently it's very like the they keep using the term the benefits outweigh the risk yeah it's kind of scary but there are no significant uh symptoms to marry i mean to uh pregnant women um in the research they've done so far Mm -hmm. so yeah please go out and get vaccinated um for anyone over 16 it's open now have you you haven't gotten it yet i haven't gotten it but i I want to yeah there's um, a lot of sites opening up i think one thing that the state's doing a real bad job at is notifying people where they can get vaccinated. Mm. But we, we went to a U, UNG, North, University of North Georgia in Gainesville. Um, they, they had a huge, like in the gym, they were um, doing that. So How many people were there? Was it a long wait? No, no. Oh, you make an appointment and you mm. go. Um, and if you do that, there's no line. I literally just go in and then. I know somebody who just went with her brother and then they just let her in. Yeah. Like, I guess it's pretty chill. Yeah. 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 I, I think they're, the goal is to get as many people vaccinated mm-hmm. as possible so there aren't really many red tapes mm-hmm. um like i we had to show our id but i know some places apparently they didn't even have to show id mm-hmm. so you could have been anybody getting a vaccine um but yeah i don't know I, I think in an effort to go back to normal life that's that's something we gotta do gotta do what you gotta do but it, it contains microchips david <laughs> <laughs> dude you know uh there's a shortage I don't care. there's a sh- world I don't shortage care. in in uh it's because everyone is at home building computers. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Probably. Yeah. No, I, I think the science behind the whole vaccine, the mRNA vaccine, is really fascinating. You guys should look it up. I think. 
why would they waste money on microchips to inject you you literally you know, have yeah yeah they're tracking my phone like yeah. i'm i'm freely like willingly like, letting you track me why you don't need to put something in me yeah you literally some people check in like whenever they go to places <laughs> they literally check in on their phone like you know, hey, i'm here even on snapchat i have my gps on like if you really want to just Follow me on Snapchat and come kill me. Like, you know what's really crazy? Easy. If you zoom in all the way, I can literally tell which house you live in. That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably tell which Wait. room. <laughs> so how do I turn that off? <laughs> uh, I'm James Jim. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah, let's let's, do, fun. let's have more conversations like this. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, you can find the video on YouTube. Um, you can listen anywhere that you listen to podcasts on. Please follow me at uh, on Instagram at I hope they hear this or on Twitter at IHTHC podcast or email me with any feedback um, at IHTHC podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to follow Jim, um, apologetics with a K. Twitch.tv slash apologetics with a K. Yeah. Yes. It's really fun content. You, yeah. I'm, sometimes I'm on there as well um, <laughs> asking controversial questions. Yeah. So. It's always Wait, a good what? time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can make me do stuff. There's yeah. channel points. You can oh, make me yeah. do stuff. There was one time where I just spent all oh my money my making gosh. you change your background. He made light. me sing a song. That's he true. made me turn the room lights off. That was fun. It was really frustrating. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye.